Hey everyone, it's Ron Johnson and this is the Ron Johnson Show on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Got a busy day of sports to talk about the Timberwolves, Anthony Edwards. Is this the end of the Timberwolves season? We'll talk about his injury and then also some familiar faces are in new places. We'll talk about the latest Vikings acquisitions. We're also going to talk about the Vikings who left. Where did they end up? Got to talk about Adam Thielen, of course. Coming up next on the Ron Johnson Show. Locked On Sports Minnesota Podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. Now the Ron Johnson Show. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. He's played with them, hung out with them, and grown up with all the big names in Minnesota sports. They're hanging out with Ron Johnson. It's the Ron Johnson Show on the Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast. And it starts now. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show, and I'm your host, Ron Johnson. I'm going to have Sam Extra, my producer, join me in a bit. But remember, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more by visiting FanDuel.com backslash Locked On to get started. And we know those parlays are growing crazy. All these teams that were not supposed to be here, FDU versus FAU. I don't think there's a person in America. I know for a fact there wasn't a person in America that picked those two teams to be playing for the Sweet 16. We'll talk about a, a, that a little bit. But at the top of the show, we have to talk about Anthony Edwards and the Timberwolves. We've been talking about this playoff run of the Timberwolves, this new constructed team. When is Carl Anthony Towns coming back? How will him and Rudy Gobert get along? Is Mike Connolly a better solution to your star guard in Anthony Edwards than D'Lo because you felt like D'Lo maybe didn't defer to Anthony Edwards as much. We'll talk about that. But before we do, remember, you can now find Locked On Sports Minnesota on Amazon Fire and Roku. Just download the Locked On Sports Minnesota app to get all your favorite shows. Well, Sam, it's it's one of those uh, weeks, Sam, where the, the, the Minnesota sports world, this is the time where everybody turns their attention, I hate to say it, to hockey. And and again, this is the state of hockey. I know everybody loves hockey. And the hockey team right now with the Minnesota Wild, they're doing great. They're, you know, they're they're possibly going to win the West. Kaprizov, they found ways to score with him being out. That was the question. Were there going to be enough points scored with him out? The answer is yes. So when you add another guy that really can go, when you add the Michael Jordan of the wild. Well, I'm not going to go that far. He's not Wayne Gretzky. Um, but when you add, let's just say the Anthony Edwards or the Justin Jefferson of the mm-hmm. Minnesota wild, you are going to get production, but this is why people are focusing on hockey now because the, the Vikings are done. Season's over. Free agency has been, meh. but then we start to get lightning in a bottle from Anthony Edwards. He's putting up 30. He's putting up 35. He's going at people. They're winning games. Mike Conley comes in. He's starting to facilitate the ball, get Rudy Gobert involved. And then Anthony Edwards gets hurt. Anthony Edwards is hurt right now, Sam. And the Timberwolves are the ninth seed. And I know you said it was, they're saying day-to-day. They said the same thing with Carl Anthony Towns. (laughs) And he's not back. And so, honestly, I've lost faith in that training staff. And 
one mistake shouldn't ruin a relationship. You know, our relationship with the Timberwolves training staff. But it, but for me, it does. It, it feels very meh. Ten games left. They're the ninth seed. They're basically a half game ahead of the Lakers and the Jazz. Pelicans, they're a game ahead of the Pelicans. I just don't feel like with 10 games left, they can hold on to it. Now, the Jazz are like, man, come on. Like, we wanted to be the 11th, 12th, or 13th. Like, we don't want to be in the playoffs. We want an early draft pick possibility. But it's not going to work out for the Jazz the way the Timberwolves are playing. And so when you look at the way the Timberwolves are made up right now, without Anthony Edwards, without Carl Anthony Towns, I just don't think Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert can get that done to keep him in the playoffs. Now, if they somehow are the 9 or the 10 seed and they play the Lakers, because I don't see the Lakers jumping too high, but who knows when LeBron comes back. LeBron will probably come back for that playing game. LeBron does scare me, but the Lakers without LeBron does not scare me. They don't scare. So I think the Timberwolves could beat them, uh, but then you have to go play either the, the whoever uh, wins that 7-8 game and I think that's going to always be the question mark is you could get the Warriors or you could get the Thunder. Now, again, the Thunder, I think they could beat the Thunder. I think they could beat the Thunder and be the eighth seed and go play the Nuggets, and I think they could beat the Nuggets. I think as a seven seed, they can go beat the Kings. I am just not sure if the Warriors somehow end up eight and lose to the Thunder because who knows what happens? Who knows who's healthy that night? The Warriors would crush the Timberwolves. But I don't know, Sam, what are your thoughts on this right now with Anthony Edwards being out? Yeah, it makes me nervous. Um, you know, I look at the box score from the Raptors game. So this was played without Anthony Edwards. Mm-hmm. And the offense just lacks so much punch. I mean, they shoot 46% from the field, 22% mm-hmm. from three-point range. They've got Josh Minot logging big minutes. You know, love Jordan McLaughlin, but playing 24 minutes is a lot for him. Yep. Um, and Mike Conley just can't reproduce what Anthony Edwards does from an offensive standpoint. It's not like he can put on his his offense hat and say, all right, let's go to work. No, he he floats around. He takes a spot up three when it's offered to him, but he's really not a natural scorer at this stage in his career. Um, so it's not an apples for apples replacement. And now, Ron, it's, it's not about the Wolves getting that six seed mm-hmm. and avoiding the play in. It's about getting the eight seed. So that if you can win that game, then you're in. Instead, if you're the nine or the ten, then you got to win twice. Correct. So now you just you got to avoid being nine or the ten, um, and that probably means you have to beat Oklahoma City. You should be able to beat Oklahoma City, but without Anthony Edwards, it, it's all up for grabs. The Wolves haven't done themselves any favors. John Krasinski was writing that they haven't won at home, and they've been on the road a ton. Haven't won at home since February fifth. And they're losing all these winnable home games, oftentimes against um, you know beatable teams. So it's disappointing and concerning. And boy, if you're the nine or the ten, and you have to go like LeBron and then Curry in the first in those two games, I don't like their chances. Yeah, when you look at the way the NBA is made up right now, there's like in the East you have a true number one with the Bucks, and then the Celtics and the 76ers are kind of right there. The Cavs, Knicks, Nets, Heat, Hawks, to me. None of them are really scary. Like, you know, the, the Nets at one point, I think, were with Kyrie and KD. Think about that, though. They had Kyrie, KD, and James Harden. And because of COVID, they never got a chance to really ever play together. Because James Harden got sick of Kyrie's mess. And he's like, look, your boy is not my boy. I'm out of here. And he dipped on KD. And KD was stuck with Kyrie. And then KD was like, all right, 
I see what you're talking about, man. Like, this is my boy. We boys. But it's like one of those things where you let your best friend come live with you and you realize he's an absolute annoying slob. And you're like, bro, I love you, but you got to go. You got to get your own apartment. You got to move out. Like, you're making my wife mad. You, you got your clothes. Like, Kyrie was just, it was, he was a great basketball player or is a great basketball player. But he does bring a lot with him. The comments, the, the stuff he says. Because some things is like, you can have an opinion, but you don't always like if because always look at opinions and, and statements. What are you going to get out of saying it? Like if you're going to change the world, if you're going to really take a stand, if you're going to Muhammad Ali this thing and change your name and do all this, go after it. But if you're just going to say stuff to say stuff just to stir the pot and you don't really have a like, oh, I didn't really research this. You know, I'm going to do the work to get to better myself. So that's why like the East kind of flipped. And then what happened? Everybody <laughs> ended up in the West. You know, other than James Harden going to the 76ers, you got Kyrie coming up to the Mavs with Luka. Mm -hmm. You got KD going to the Suns with yep. Devin Booker. I mean, that's ridiculous. And then you still got the Grizzlies with their team, which I, I don't trust the Grizzlies. I, I think they're made up and they're they're not really great at um, putting games together right now without John Morant. Now, they're they're getting it figured out. and He has a, what an eight-game suspension or something, so he'll be back towards the end of the season in the playoffs. Um but but I, I feel like the Kings are beatable and the Nuggets are beatable. That's just my opinion. I truly feel like the Suns at the four and the Warriors even at the seven are the best two teams in the West. And maybe I'm just old school and I'm looking at the past and I'm not looking at the current makeup of teams. But I just don't trust, trust the Joker. Like, I just don't trust the way the Nuggets are made up. But again, sometimes it's about team. We said the same thing about the Bucks. Bucks found a way to get it done with Giannis. Everybody was saying, like, oh, he doesn't have enough. They don't have enough firepower. And they found a way. They got it done. Him and Drew Holiday, they went to work. And Chris Middleton, they went to work. So maybe I'm underestimating this Nuggets team, but I do feel like if the Timberwolves are eight, if with a healthy Anthony Edwards, I don't know about Carl. I don't know if they need Carl Anthony Towns. I feel like they do because now you got Gobert on Jokic, and that frees up Cat to run around. And now you have, or vice versa, you got Cat on Jokic. Nah. Go bear on Jokic because he does. He's not fast enough dribble. And then you got Cat to free range as a power forward. And I think that's that's where the Timberwolves could have dominated teams. Cat would stay out of foul trouble because we know that was the issue too. He would get in foul trouble in games, and it was just they would get screwed over. But we haven't even been able to see it. So I just feel like the Timberwolves. I just don't know. I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. Like I just don't feel like they're going to make the playoffs. I don't know why. Like I or. You know, again, they might lose to the Lakers in the first one, and we're not going to have the celebration. But when you when you think about this team, I think they have a serious off-season decision to make if this is the way they're going to go, the way this roster is made up, or if it's time to cut, trade, get some pieces. And I hate to say start over again because they have some – they have Anthony Edwards, but you got to find him somebody else. Like the, the way the NBA is made up, when you look at all these teams, other than the Nuggets – all these teams have multiple guards. When you look at the Grizzlies, the Kings, the Suns, the Clippers, everybody has that multiple like three or four or sorry, two or three, you know, type of situation where it's the two guard and a three, you know, or the point guard and the two or the point guard and the three. Like everybody has those. The Timberwolves are bigs. And that's the problem is when it's time to be Anthony Edwards and and Connolly show. I don't know if Connolly's there. We thought D'Lo was the answer for that, but clearly he didn't defer enough to Anthony Edwards. Uh, whereas like Devin Booker and Kevin Durant, I don't think either has to defer to either. I think it's whoever feels it and whoever, like the coach says, take it. Whoever's feel like who wants it. And whichever one says, right, if you want it, man, you got it. You know that guy doesn't have it that night. 
give it to KD or give it to Booker. So I, I think that's what the Timberwolves are going to like. We know Anthony Edwards can go at any time and has it, but being hurt, and even when he comes off the injury, Sam, who knows what he has left in the tank? Who knows if he can get mm-hmm. it going? But, man, it, it's been a lot going on in sports, as I said. I mean, the, the Gophers have signed their new coach. They have a new coach, and we're going to have to talk about that. You look at the the, the tournament. I mean, <laughs> my bracket. Now, this is just me. And maybe every game I watch, Sam, I don't know about you. Every game I watch, I felt like everybody was like, let's go opposite of what Ron picked. Because Kentucky, you should win. But, nah, I don't think you need to win today. Like, it was just literally game after game of, like, in the bag. Arizona State, you have the game in the bag. What are you doing? FDU. I know. Oh. Yeah, Arizona State. Like, Arizona what are you State doing? Ah. Like, come on. You got the game in the bag. Just relax. Relax. And it, it's just stuff like that, man. It's just little games where I'm watching. I'm like, oh, okay. My team's up five. They got this. And the other team finds a way every single time that's what makes march madness so much fun to be honest it is fun to watch um like i said with FanDuel sportsbook these parlays putting things on the line uh it does make the game a lot more fun you know this challenge we have going right now a uh, hundred dollars uh who best bracket unless they you know they have to beat a locked on host and they get the bonus hundred dollars um and so that's going to be interesting to see right now i i think our non Locked on person is, is is the best right now. We think a reef is right behind them, Alabama. Um, but you know, Alabama is still in mind. I, I, I'm done. It, I, all, two of my final fours are out. Purdue, like, what are you doing, Purdue? So, we're gonna have to talk about that in the next segment, break down a little more basketball, talk a little bit of Vikings leaning to the daily three, but we're gonna have enough football talk this week. Um, but we're gonna talk a little bit about the Vikings leaning to the daily three, uh, just coulda, shoulda, woulda, what could happen. Uh, with the Minnesota Vikings, but we'll do that. But we have a word from our sponsors. Thanks, Ron. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On and America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app, safe, secure, super easy to use, and there were so many interesting finishes to games in March Madness over the weekend, Ron. There was an over-under that, that went under because of a missed dunk at the buzzer. TCU covered last night on a last-second garbage-time three that didn't matter. Crazy stuff going on. You can get in the action at FanDuel.com slash on for that no-sweat first bet. Up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when the first bet doesn't win. Make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Well, Sam, let's jump out there. Talk a little Gophers basketball. Um, you are very familiar with Dawn. Um, and 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 it was it Pl- how do you say her name again? Plitzu Plitzawite. 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 So Dawn Plitzawite um comes from West Virginia. And and I've, I've everything people are tweeting, and this is how it always happens. People always tweet right away how great of a, you know, acquisition this is, blah, blah. The one thing I like about uh, Coach Plitzawhite is that she's taken teams and she's had winning, I think like 15 out of 17 winning seasons, somewhere 15 out of 16 winning seasons. Uh, she just took West Virginia to the tourney. The minute they lost, they hired her. Um, honestly, I hate to say this, but, you know, when you look at her, <laughs> she looks like all the great coaches. Like, you know, like she fits right into that mode 
of like a lot of the great coaches and a lot of the current coaches, you know, like the, the, she, you know, she kind of embodies that, like, you know, and, and nothing against Lindsay Whalen. I think Lindsay Whalen more embodied like a superstar. Like I saw, like when you see Michael Jordan, you don't think Michael Jordan should be on the sideline coaching. I mean, I hate to say it. And that's why, you know, even in the front office right now, it sounds like Michael Jordan's trying to sell off his stake in that team. Cause it doesn't work when you are great. It's tough to like, watch mediocre play and build it you know it's tough to take do the necessary things with less than greatness and we know lindsey whalen has always been great she's always been the best player she's always been on the best teams you know gold medalist you know medalist in the olympics made the olympic team i mean come on that's the best of the best you know won four championships you know was one of the greatest players in basketball history that's tough, you know, but then she did go out and recruit a great recruiting class. And this is what I think about um, Blitzer White. When you look at the team she's going to have, she did go out and get a bunch of McDonald's All-Americans. Lindsay did. Um, Coach Dawn, when you look at what she did with West Virginia, she took a bunch of, like, she built the program. Like, it was already kind of there. She's only been there for two years. But she took what a, what a program had built, took those players, boom, and, and, and got a product on the court that was ready to win. So sometimes it's about scheme. Sometimes it's about strategy. Sometimes it's about understanding who fits where. Um, and, and a lot of times, like for Lindsey Whalen, I guarantee it was always, I'm just better than her. I'm going to go beat her. You know, and, and that doesn't always work. Like when you have Caitlin Clark from Iowa, you can play that way. When you have uh, Paige Beckers from UConn, Dawn Staley, uh, Diana Taurasi, you can play that way. You can say, look, I know my girls are better than yours. So I'm going to go out here and just do what I got to do. When you don't always have that and you're overmatched in certain areas, you got to find a way. And I think that's what they're, the Gophers are going to get with Coach Dawn. So, again, I, I said whoever takes over Lindsay has big shoes to fill. Um, Coach Plitzel-White definitely has big shoes to fill. Uh, but it, it's going to be fun to watch because the players are here and they, they want it to stay. Now, again, anything can happen after the season's over. Girls might hit the transfer portal. But as of now, a lot, especially like Maya Braun, uh, Mara Brown, sorry, they all said, she said at least, you know, I know what Lindsay was building. I'm I'm here. I want to stay. Um, but who knows if some West Virginia girls want to hit that portal and come to Minnesota. So we'll see. Because I when you, when you look at her team, they are tough. They are a tough team. <laughs> they, are, they are strong. They are aggressive. Like, I like the way that team is made up. And so who knows if some of these girls fought. And I know boys basketball is a little bit different than girls. You don't have as much jumping ship as you do in boys. Uh, but it'd be interesting to see what players she possibly brings in and how these recruits uh, take to Lindsey Whalen being gone and now her in. But I don't know. You, you, Like I said, you have a lot of info on her. You followed her. Uh, what are your early thoughts on this hire? Yeah, so Plitza White coached at USD. That's where I'm from. That's where my dad taught. I grew up in Vermilion, South Dakota. So mm -hmm. I, I know the landscape there a little bit. And while they did recently get new facilities, um, new arena, so – so that's really nice. But Vermilion is not a particularly easy place to recruit to. Um, that's why SDSU, I think, kind of outshines USD right now is just because Brookings is a is a better location than Vermilion. Mm -hmm. But Plitzawite found all these Minnesota girls, and they were maybe players that weren't recruited and, or weren't deemed able to play in the Big Ten. And she turned that South Dakota team into a powerhouse in, in six years. They made the postseason every year, whether it was the WNIT or NCAA tournament, got them to the Sweet 16 two years ago. South Dakota, and that's not a team that has a lot of track record being good at women's basketball 
and got him to the Sweet 16. So that was a huge deal. And the the COVID year that got canceled, mm-hmm. they were 30 and two. Like they might have made a serious run in that postseason if that actually had been held. So her her South Dakota work to me was unbelievable. Um, the fact that she could turn these recruits who weren't you know worthy quote unquote of playing at a higher power five conference. And then basically going in and beating a lot of power five conference teams in the postseason was really impressive to me. So I'm a big fan. Her son played for my alma mater, Vermilion high school, big fan of him too. Um, I love the hire. I love it. I think she's going to do great. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, again, I think, like I said, she, she just fits the mold of, of a, of a head coach. Like she looks like a head coach. She doesn't look like somebody is going to come in and, you know, deer in her headlights, you know, man, I got to follow Lindsay. Like she looks like a person that can follow Lindsay Whalen. I think that's, you, you had to get a strong candidate, somebody that's already been in the power five system. Uh, somebody that people can see is taking a power five team to the tourney. And, uh, and, and I think that kind of for Mark Coyle, at least that silences like the, Oh man, you guys got rid of Lindsey Whalen. Lindsey Whalen wasn't happy. She didn't come to the press conference. Like, give, don't give me that crap of uh, mutual separation. It, she wasn't happy. Um, but she's a professional. She did. She went about her business. And maybe in a couple years, five, ten years, who knows how long? You know, she'll be back around Minnesota sports. I mean, she'll probably be at football games for sure. Not probably. She will be at football games for sure. Um, but I don't know how much early on she'll you know be around for basketball. I know Glenn Mason talked about that when he got fired. It took him a while. even want to like be associated with gopher sports um and even joey harrington you know talking about that like that happens to a lot of us when we get cut from a team and from the nfl we kind of just walk away from sports for a little bit like it's it's just one of those things where it's a sour taste and you know joey harrington brought that up um so when you think about uh basketball though this tournament and let's jump into the uh, men's side of this because we have the bracket sam update the people on where we stand right now all right, there are, remember, 64 entries in the Win Ron Johnson's Money Contest. Um, if anybody besides a lockdown host wins, Ron pays out the bonus. Right now, our leader is Michael Tyndall. Now, that's great for Michael, but the problem is his champion is Purdue. Mm. Purdue's done. So I don't know I, I don't know if Michael Tyndall's going to hang on to that lead. Up next, Kevin Walker. He's got Alabama. Elliot Troy has Arkansas winning the whole thing. They just upset your your team, Kansas, Ron. So that's so a bold, bold pick. Um, Eric Musselman's doing some great things with Arkansas there. And then, and then our guy, Arif Hassan, is in fourth place. He's got Alabama. And of everyone in the contest, Arif Hassan has the most available points to him. He's got all of his final four teams still in the mix. That includes Michigan State, Texas, and UConn, and Alabama. So... He's got uh, a really good-looking bracket right now. We'll see if he can hang on to it. I know he's got some upset picks in there. Um, Me, personally, Ron, I'm in 20th. I've got UCLA winning the whole thing, and you, Ron, are in 31st, but you Mm -hmm. lost two of your final four. So that's where we stand right now. I got 155 points right now. My max is 208. I'm done. Like, all my teams can win out, and I still can't win because I got 208, and the winner right now has 218. So I'm done. Like I'm, I'm officially done. Uh, I'm going to watch with like pleasure. Um, I, I want mutual destruction though. Like I, I'm like Harley Quinn uh, from Batman with the Joker. Like I want mutual destruction. Like I'm like the Joker. Like I wanted FDU to win. I wanted Princeton. I still want Princeton to win. Um, did Princeton lose though? I didn't even follow that. Did they? Princeton won. They beat Reggie Wilson's Missouri team. So pour one out for Reggie. But Princeton moves on to the Sweet Sixteen. 
to the Sweet 16. So they haven't, they have to play the Sweet 16. Yeah. So I I want print, like, I want it like a Princeton FDU, you know, to play for the, you know, who's going to the championship. Like, I would have taken that. Like, I don't really care at this point. Like, I'm kind of over it. I'm annoyed. Uh, Purdue really let me down. Kansas let me down. Purdue didn't let me down as much, though, because I had Duke beating them. But Kansas, like, come on, man. Like, the one, and, and I was so close because I was the only one when I was like, I think I looked at one point this weekend, I was 15th. I was the only one within the top 15 that had Kansas. So all I needed was Kansas to win and I would have won it all. Yep. And Kansas just did what everybody does that I pick. They lose. So I should just start picking the lower seeds anyway, just to help the number one seed. I'm like, I feel like I'm Drake. I'm the cooler right now. Like I know the Drake, the rapper, every time he bets on a team, like he bet on Alabama when they were number one and they lost. Um, they, he finds ways like, like you're just going to lose like Kentucky that one year. He was all over Kentucky went and, you know, he was doing warm up lines with Calipari, but I don't Kentucky to win. They were all odds on favor because of how many, uh, NBA players they had. They lost. Like, it's just that that's what Drake does. He's a cooler. Uh, he kills it all. But when this is one thing, Sam, when we talk about takeaways from this tournament, mm-hmm. I'm very surprised. Um, uh, FAU got away. I don't know if you watched the FAU FDU game. It was probably the most exciting game of all of them because it was just it was nonstop full speed. But FDU showed where Purdue screwed up and FAU also did. FAU has a big just like Purdue. And early on, FDU was taking advantage because number 11 was the tallest player. This team is the shortest team in the country. And what they had their big coming out trying to guard him and that he was the worst three point shooter. But it wasn't like he couldn't shoot threes. He's just the worst of the starters which means nothing. They're all 6'4", six, 6'3", six, so they're all shooters. And when you're 7'4", or 7 feet, you don't like playing up top, especially against a guy 6'4". And so they were slacking off, and he was knocking down threes against Purdue. Purdue never changed it up and played small ball, and that's how Purdue lost. Well, FAU's like, all right, get get them out, and they bought another 6'8". Now, 6'8", is still a little bit, you know, but 6'8 to 6'4", you can work with it. And then... That's when FAU started to get a handle on the game. It was back and forth the whole game. But FAU just say, look, we got to get our big out. Like, because when we go into the post, they're all attacking them and they don't care if we shoot a three. And so they're they're going for that steal. And so that's why FAU, I hate to say it, they, they, they outcoached uh FDU and FDU outcoached Purdue. Purdue just got outcoached. Like at uh-huh. some point he should have realized my seven four guy is null and void right now. Playing a team where the tallest guy is six four. I hate to say it, big boy, you got us here. You were great all season. We got to sit you down. We, we got to bring you in in spurts, but we can't leave you in the whole game because they are running up and down the court, and you're barely getting up and down the court as fast as they're going uh, because they do a hockey, and that was the other cool thing about this, Sam. They do a hockey line change. Like, he literally subs five guys out. I get it. When you're all short anyway, it's like, look, just go in and play defense. I'll take whatever offense you can get, but I want you guys to be really, really ready to go and steal these balls on defense. Hockey line change. It's not normal, but it worked. They they knocked off the number one seed again, second time in NCAA history, and almost first ever 16 seed to make it to the final to the uh sweet 16, but they didn't do it. FAU wins. That was the one for me. Uh, was there a game for you, Sam, that kind of you were like, Man, this this was not what I expected. Or it was a great game. Um, yeah, a lot of great games. I I'll just echo first what you said about Edie. If I was a Purdue fan watching the end of that FDU game, I would have been so frustrated because when you're 7-4, I think you sacrifice some coordination sometimes. He couldn't catch anything. He couldn't, like, if you're 7-4, you better clean up every offensive rebound. 
and he couldn't Correct. get a rebound in traffic. Yeah. He couldn't catch the ball in traffic. He was killing them late in that game. I would have. So if I'm Matt Painter, I'm making a move. I'm taking him out with four minutes to go. If I'm in a tight game with the 16 seed, I'm not taking any chances. So the guy that that's got the cold hand, I'm sitting him down and uh, I'm absolutely what you said, Ron. So that, that was bizarre. Um, over the weekend, I mean, there were great games up and down the dial. Like I thought the Kansas Arkansas game was awesome. Not for mm. you. You, you, you were hating every second of it, but Eric Musselman and Arkansas, they're always like a six, seven, eight, nine seed. And they give so many teams trouble. They, yeah. they play so well in March and Musselman's ripping the shirt off after the game and firing up the crowd. Arkansas just plays really hard. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I should have maybe seen that one coming, but I'm, I'm all in on Michigan state. I've got yeah. them in the final four. They knocked off Marquette yesterday. Two more rounds to go, and I got that one right. That would be big for me. So I'm I'm feeling the vibes of Michigan State. They need this one. Tom Izzo, he's uh he's an amazing March coach. So go Sparty. Yeah, because Trey Holloman, I know he went to uh, Creed Durham Hall. He's at yep. Michigan State. Doesn't play much. You know, averages about two minutes a game. Uh, but even just watching him get two minutes a game, I get it because it's about like you look at the past history of Michigan State point guards. You know, not Magic Johnson because he's a he's a he's a goat. He's a he's a unicorn. But you got Mateen Cleaves, you know, then you got uh, Cassius Winston. You know, you got all these little small, you know, uh, Appling. You got all these little small point guards that they end up in Izzo's system and then they become these, you know, really good point guards. Not always NBA guys, but really good point guards. And I, I get Trey Holloman being out of Minnesota. But I just wonder why not Minnesota when you could have played, you know, 15, 20 minutes a game and probably been, you know, the the either the starting point guard uh, and let Taylon Cooper be the two. I mean, you know, there, there's a lot to be thought about there, but again, that's a totally different. But yeah, Izzo, man, he constantly is like, he's like, it doesn't matter what seed he gets. He's going to end up in the Sweet 16 and probably the Elite Eight at this point now. When you look at how that team makes made up, how they play, how hard they go, um, it, it, it's it's a joy to watch. It, it's annoying, but also it's, it, it is, and this is why it's annoying. Because when Michigan State loses to Purdue or they lose to, you know, like a Maryland. And so then you don't have faith or a Penn State. You don't have faith in the Big Ten. And you're like, man, they're not going to they're not gonna do anything. And so that's why, honestly, I, I picked Michigan State to win one game, and I'm like, they're going to lose. Also, I didn't think the other seeds would lose that lost, but I'm like, they're going to lose. But I always forget, Izzo's built for March. Michigan State is built for March. They're not built for, for December, January, February. They're built for March. The way he works them, the way they get ready, they're built for March. And, and he's like the Nick Saban of football. Like he's just, he's a name that you forget about for most of the season, doesn't do any big splashy moves. And then all of a sudden, boom, here we are. One of the greatest teams in college basketball history. Um, yeah. So it, uh, the, the the next, like, what is that? Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, yeah. I'm going to watch like, you know, and Sunday probably, I'm going to watch like whatever. Like, I'm not going to be super like, like pissed off now because I mean at this point I mean I do want Alabama to at least go so I can at least get two of my final fours in there but at this point again my max is 208 points I don't even care like I just want to see destruction I want the lower I want Princeton to win and go to the elite eight like I want I want people that to, I want nobody's brackets uh that was great too though when FDU won every single bracket was busting the world like whatever 21 mil I forgot how many they said like 2.1 or whatever it was like a ridiculous number of brackets like 20 million yeah it was some stupid and all of them were wrong nobody picked fdu which i'm like thank you like move on 
Like, I, cause I, I hate when like FDU wins or something like that, and everybody's like, "We have four perfect." Bra-. I'm like, what? Who would have thought Fairly Dickinson? Come on, like Farley Dickinson. There's no reason Fairly Dickinson or Farley Dickinson. Like, no, you or you did not think they will win. Like, if that if they had that team winning. They literally picked off letters. Like whoever has the most letters in their school name, I might do that next year. That's what I should do next year. Whoever has the most letters in their school name is going to win that game. So for Purdue versus Duke, Duke loses because Duke only has four letters. Like there's got to be a formula to this. I don't know what it is, but I'm just annoyed. I'm sick of it. Uh, This is another crazy stat before we jump into the uh, daily three. That's three questions, three minutes each, and we get a word from our sponsors. I just saw something crazy that said Kansas, North Carolina, Duke, and Kentucky. This is the fourth time that none of them have been in the final four or sorry, sweet 16. The wow. fourth time in history since like 19, I want to say 75 or something. I forgot when they said this thing started, but this is the fourth time you haven't had at least one of those blue bloods, uh, Kansas, Kentucky, North Carolina, and Duke in the sweet 16, which is crazy. It's happened three other times. I think it was like 1976, 1979, and then 2021. That's the only times you have not had those four blue bloods in the Sweet 16. And so I'm like, man, that is crazy. Like, but also maybe it speaks to the way the scope of college basketball now, like recruiting has changed, NILs. I mean, uh, did you see Tom Enzo Izzo's post-game conference, press conference? Uh, the quick one, he said like, hey, you got a point guard because number 22 from Michigan State, you know, he, he recruited him, I think, out of New York. And he said, hey, you got a, a point guard from uh, New York. And we know New York point guards are, are known to be great. So you got a point guard from New York. Yep. You guys are going back home, um, blah, blah, for the uh, Sweet 16. And he's like, yeah, man, I can't wait to get back. He's going to he's gonna take me to the best pizza spot. And da, da, da. Uh, he's going to use some of that NIL money. I'm like, so he could just throw that out there. In the pre- you know, like he's just letting all the other kids know he's recruiting. Like, hey you're going to have enough money to take coach out for dinner in the sweet yeah. 16. Like, you know, it's always slick with that one. I, I, I like, cause I haven't heard a lot of coaches use that in their presser, but he's like, yeah, he's going to take me out for pizza. Uh, cause he can use some of that NIL money. I was like, Oh, well, okay. I guess we're that's talking a, about it then. That's a, it will see. So it's, it's a great, like PJ, PJ Fleck always says, there's always a gray area with the NCAA. That's the gray area. You didn't say I couldn't bring it up in a presser. You just said, I can't tell kids about the NIL structure. Or I can't offer NILs as a coach, but I can talk about it. I can bring it up in my press conferences. So, and you know, all those kids that are getting recruited by Michigan State for next year, they're watching this right now. They were watching, you know, I mean, I'm sure probably the kids that committed, you know, because you don't want a Dennis Evans situation to happen. So even your committed kid, hey, hey, he's taking me out for pizza in New York with his NIL money. So Nick Saban, I, li- I like what you did there. I see what you did there. But hey, people, remember, you can check out the Minnesota Football Party four days a week from Monday to Thursday. Get your Vikings fix with Arif Hassan, Luke Inman, Luke Braun, and Sam Ekstrom on Locked On Sports Minnesota. And we have a word from our sponsors. There is still time to check out BuiltMarchMadness.com and vote for your favorite Built Bar or Built Puff. Cookies and Cream Puffs? Heck yes. Support them. Vote for your favorite. Uh, support your favorite bar or puff at BuiltMarchMadness.com, and you enter yourself for a chance to win a free box of Built, one of 50, be uh, be one of 50 lucky lockdown listeners, or be the one person who wins a 12-month subscription to Built, have them delivered straight to your door. You got to try Built. They're the best protein bar ever with amazingly high protein, low sugar, and 100% real chocolate. That's right, real 
chocolate. They nail it every time with all these new flavors at Built.com. Run to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff. And hey, pick up a box while you're there. You can still vote every day in March. Hop on and support your pick. Well, now it's time for the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes each. We're going to have a little fun with this. Take it away, Sam. All right, we got some football to get into. The Vikings have signed defensive lineman Dean Lowry from the Packers. How are you feeling now, Ron, about the Vikings defensive line as of today, keeping in mind that we still don't exactly know what's going to happen with Zadarius Smith. We don't exactly know what's going to happen with Daniil Hunter, but how are you liking it right now? Well, I mean, it seems like the Vikings are trying to get those pieces in. We already talked about the corner in uh, Byron Murphy. They got Dean Lowry. And so when you watch Dean Lowry, they have him listed as a inside D lineman. They have him listed as a DN as well. Um, when you think about that Packers defense, uh, he wasn't like a true outside linebacker because he's bigger. He's 295 pounds. Um, he's more like a five technique. Like he plays like a, a DN, but wide. Like he's wide in the three, four. So what would happens there? So it's two things to this. One, I'm guessing his alignment goes by situation. So if it's a passing down for sure, he's as wide as possible. Because like you said, you brought up some of the things he did against the Vikings uh, when you and I were talking um, backstage. And so when you think about that, when you think about him uh, being in that wide, because I watched a little bit of his highlights just to see, you know, and I watched some a little bit of Packers film quickly um, just to get an idea because I'm doing some for Vikings.com. And he's a guy that can actually play three because t- at two at basically 300 pounds, let's call it three, 295. Like during football season, you eating, you know, you, you're not working out as much, uh, you know, as the season goes on, like you're not in the sun running hard. You're just you're trying to get through the season at this point. He's going to be a 300 pound guy. So he's a guy that can be an explosive, strong three technique. You know, he can be the guy that can create pressure up the middle. Um, you know, not a 340, you know, pound run stopper like, you know, like like your traditional Dalvin Tomlinson's, uh, your your Linbaugh Josephs. He's more of a of an Aaron Donald version. Like he he can move between guards. He can move between the tackle and, and tight end. Um, now, can he stand up at 295 pounds? I don't know. Like I haven't watched enough film. Maybe he does uh, for those that are more familiar with his game. But the one thing I will say is when you watch him, he's explosive. He's smart. He gets after the quarterback, and I think in this, like I said, in this defense, if it's going to be about creating pressure, creating havoc, um, and and playing a little bit of basically zero coverage at times, that's if he's going with that Miami Dolphins style of of uh, defense. Dean Lowry fits. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I guess I'm I'm kind of envisioning now the Vikings with all these guys. Like, what if they keep all of them? Yeah, I mean, suddenly, suddenly you've probably got too many cooks in the kitchen. I don't think they will. I just don't think there's enough reps to go around for Marcus Davenport, Sedarius Smith, Neil Hunter, and Dean Lowry, mm-hmm. and Wanham and Patrick Jones. Like you do have other players, but even if they lose one of them, if if they trade Sedarius Smith, they've still got a pretty a pretty fearsome rotation. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that it's kind of an arms race on the defensive line. You got to have more than just your starters. You got to have depth. You got to have eight dudes that can come in and and harass the quarterback kind of like San Francisco's had for, for several years now. And Quazy understands the importance of bolstering that pass rush. So I like what they're doing. And I like these contracts. I'm seeing the details. Ben Gessling's have been all over the contracts. They're, they're very friendly to the team in year one. And they're mm-hmm. somehow staying under the cap here, Ron. Um, at least uh, I think they need to make one more big move to, to really be cap compliant. But uh, I like what they're doing with these kind of mid-range, 
slightly on the cheaper end contracts to get in some veteran players. I, I kind of like the strategy. All right. Yeah. What you got next? Yeah. Well, speaking of veteran signing contracts, Adam Thielen has signed with the Carolina Panthers for a three year reported $25 million deal. Uh, $14 million of that is guaranteed. What do you think of the fit? Adam Thielen, a Panther. I, I think it works. You know, you look at Frank Wright, he's coming from the Colts. Um, when you look at what the Colts had and the players they had in that offense, um, it Frank Wright was under Jim Caldwell. So when I was there coaching with Tony Dungy, Frank Wright was there as the offense assistant. I was a, a intern. The next year I came back as receivers coach under Jim Caldwell. Frank Wright had become quarterback coach at that point. So when you look at who Frank Wright learned from, Tony Dungy, Jim Caldwell, two kind of, you know, different, mindsets from offense to defense but also the same guy but then what did their offenses look like very very basic and when i say basic i mean use your best players and let's not get crazy we got a quarterback in peyton manning let's do these routes so basically slants hitches curls comebacks traditional stuff like you don't you're not going to see uh the panthers try to get into this new age offense you know i don't think frank reich is that guy frank reich is old school. I mean, he goes back to his Buffalo Bills days. So I think it's a great fit for Adam Thielen because Adam Thielen is an old school receiver. He's a run the best routes, you know, get off the line of scrimmage, get up field, curls, comebacks, hitches, slants. Like he's a traditional receiver. And so I think it's a really good fit. One, he's a leader. He's a captain. Uh, you know, he's going to be a veteran voice in that huddle uh, because you're going to draft either CJ Stroud or, or Bryce. I mean, unless Anthony Edwards or Anthony um, – uh, Richardson is the guy you could have CJ Stroud or or uh, Bryce Young but again it could be Anthony Richardson and if it is Anthony Richardson who could be a Cam Newton eventually I think having Adam Thielen there to help that young group grow you got rid of DJ Moore for the Bears um, I, I liked it and, and they still have a lot of money out there like they're gonna have a, a rookie quarterback so they still could sign DeAndre Hopkins or Odell Beckham or something too so I wouldn't be surprised if they get another big receiver to help out this young uh, quarterback. There's still tight ends on the market, too, uh, that are big time better in tight ends. So uh, not big time, but, you know, really good tight ends that are still out there. So I, I could see that happening uh, for them. But I don't know. What are your thoughts? And I'm happy for Adam Thielen, like because everybody was questioning, mm -hmm. like, oh, man, the market's cold. Like Adam Thielen's because uh, even we felt like that. We hadn't heard much Adam Thielen visiting teams, you know, and so we had that feeling like, man, why is Adam Thielen not like, why are we not getting the. Adam Schefter, like Adam Thielen visits the Texans. Adam Thielen visits the Raiders. Adam Thielen, you know, it was cold and quiet, but maybe that was Blake Burrett's his agent. That was his deal. Like, hey, let's keep this on the hush-hush so we don't create a, a mass panic of people thinking, you don't, you know, they they got to pay a lot to get you or, you know, we, we're going to create a, a, a weird, like, oh, well, you already you already going there. Uh, he kept it quiet, and then all of a sudden pops up, he signs with the Panthers. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think about $8 million a year. That's about what I, I felt like he would be worth on the open market. I think that played out. Um, I'm looking at the, the depth chart for Carolina. He's not competing with a whole lot of dudes at, mm -hmm. at the wide receiver spot. LaVisca Chenault and Terrace Marshall, who's a good player. But remember, they, yeah. traded, DJ, they traded DJ Moore. So they needed wide receiver help. Yeah. Um, could be some growing pains in year one with the new quarterback and Adam Thielen, you know, adjusting to a whole new offense, a whole new, you know, rookie quarterback. He hasn't really had um, young quarterbacks in his his Vikings career that he's had to work with. So it'll be a change, and I'm intrigued to see how it goes. I believe the Vikings and Panthers play each other 
So uh, circle that one on the NFL. Oh, yeah, schedule. that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Um, I will say from a cornerback standpoint, there's not any corner probably that's going to have a relationship with Adam Thielen. So, you know, Byron Murphy and whoever else is on the other corner. But Harrison Smith, Adam Thielen, be interested to see if Adam Thielen comes across that middle. Is Harrison Smith going to buddy-buddy or is he going <laughs> to lay the wood to him and say, I told you, I told you when I get a chance to hit you, I'd hit you. Because uh, you know that's always a conversation when you get to play your boy uh, and you couldn't hit him when you were teammates and now you can put a lick on him. Uh, last one, Sam, what you got? Yeah, well, I was going to ask about, you know, March Madness upsets. We kind of talked about that. So let me let me run this one by you, another Vikings related. So this is a quote from Jeremy Fowler at ESPN. He said on an ESPN program, when you talk about good fits, mm-hmm. I asked some executives around the league what teams would make sense for Lamar Jackson. Yep, I saw Even that. Even a wild card like Minnesota. Kirk Cousins has one year left in his contract if they want to reestablish their identity. Uh, that's not that's not an airtight report, probably more of a rumor or speculation, but Lamar Jackson being whispered as a possible Minnesota Viking, what does that make you feel? Uh, it just makes me feel like it's rumors. Uh, but I, this is what I do say. Like, if Kirk Cousins truly, if they're not going to extend Kirk Cousins a long time, to sh- or um, Lamar Jackson is young, um, I, I, I don't mind it. But this is where I go with that, though. When you talk about this offense as far as a true passing offense, uh, Lamar Jackson isn't a true passer. So you're right. If he does do this, Kevin O'Connell. and But Kevin O'Connell did not say he wanted to be the Rams. We all said that. We all assumed. But I think he looked at the pieces in that room and said, look, I don't have two tight ends. Like, I don't have it. I got three receivers. So I got to go with the best on the field. And that's why I appreciate what Kevin O'Connell did. He took what he had and said, let me put an offense together with what I have. Because so many coaches come in and say, this is my offense. You're going to run it. I don't care what you. Now he went out and got him a big block and tight end. So my guess is we're going to see a little bit more Shanahan. Like we're going to see a little bit more of that Shanahan, two tight end, strong downhill run game. And so a guy like Lamar Jackson becomes an additional running back in that situation. When you look at the Eagles' success with Jalen Hurts, I wouldn't be opposed to it because, again, you add a running threat to this offense and the offensive line who could use a quarterback that can make people miss if they can't get those blocks and extend plays. Um, but you got to remember Hollywood Brown left and went because he felt like, you know what? I'm not a focal point in this offense. We don't throw the ball enough. So I would hate for Justin Jefferson to feel like that. I would hate for him to come in and, you know, him and Justin Jefferson are on the same page, but also Lamar Jackson's never had a Justin Jefferson. So again, there's, it, it's, is it the chicken or the egg? You know, like is Lamar Jackson the way he is because he's never had a true number one receiver or, are the receivers not who they are because Lamar Jackson doesn't really have an a, a accurate 100% arm who's going to sit in the pocket and just want to throw the ball? That's 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 we'll never know. And so, yeah, I'm I'm okay if the Vikings do do that and they can get Lamar Jackson signed to a price that they think. I just would hate for them to spend 200 million on him and then it screws them over because they can't keep guys like Justin Jefferson. But again, that's just my thoughts. What are yours? It would be really really fun. Uh, it would be something totally different for Vikings football. And I think he'd be beloved. And I think people would rally around him. Um, I do have concerns. Like I've, I've kind of fallen in love with the idea of having that rookie quarterback money, which I think is how you, you really can build a championship window. If you pick the right guy yep. um, with, with Jackson, you're skipping, you're, you're basically trying to eliminate the risk of drafting the wrong quarterback and you just get one who's already good. And uh, I also worry about injury concerns. I mean, I, he he has broken down the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. He's a very mobile quarterback. He takes a lot of hits. Um, 
so I do worry. I do worry about that piece of it. Having had a quarterback who plays every single game for the last five years, uh, that would be a change. You would suddenly have to worry a lot about your backup quarterback. Who's that going to be? Right. So red flags, certainly, but it would be very exciting. And uh, I'm all for having fun and football's fun. So that, that would be amazing if it happened. Yeah, no, I, I totally I agree with that, too. I think that would definitely be a uh, buzz. Like if you want to create buzz around town, maybe sell more tickets, even though there's tickets are selling anywhere for the Vikings. They have no issue with that. They sell out. Um, but that is definitely a way to create some buzz uh, around that program and Kevin O'Connell. And then with this defense. Um, but again, I don't know what this defense requires. Like some defense require an offense to be able to stay on the field for longer. Um, some defense is like, look, man, you can go score as fast as you want. Our defense is good. So we don't know. Brian Flores this is new here. We don't know what like Miami had the pieces. We'll see what the Minnesota Vikings can do with that. But that'll do it for us today. I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Ekstrom. I'm excited about the rest of this week, though. We got Theo John, uh, NBA uh, G League player, NBA draft pick, uh, played at Duke, Marquette. We know Minnesota's own uh, went to Champlain Park High School. And then James Theus from Detroit, Michigan, played at Martin Luther King High School, went to Syracuse and played under Bayheim. Uh, ended up leaving, and we, we'll hear his story because uh, it's a great one. He leaves because of uh, family stuff. And then that next year, Carmelo Anthony comes in and wins the national championship, uh, which alters, you know, what his life could have been if he had been the starting point guard with Carmelo Anthony. Um, and he talks about that. So I'm excited to get those two on the show this week. Um, but that'll do it for us today. I'm Ron Johnson. That's Sam Ekstrom. And remember, people, um, if you want endless Vikings talk, make sure you subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel where you can find all of our videos, all of our shows, and instant podcasts after every game. And the Vikings press conference delivering all the biggest news, just like our videos, and leave your thoughts in the comment section. I want to thank you. Have a great day.